Welcome back to the Red Fern Book Review. I am your host, Amy Merritt, and today I have a very mysterious episode in store for you. We are going to devote this episode to the queen of mystery writing, Agatha Christie. And we're going to look at two books, actually three, and I'll explain why. Uh, The first book we're going to look at is The Mystery of Mrs. Christie, an historical novel by Marie Benedict about the 11 days that Agatha Christie actually went missing in the 1920s. And then I'm going to jump over and look at The Mysterious Affair at Styles, which is referred to and talked about in The Mystery of Mrs. Christie, and that is Agatha Christie's very first book. So I'm going to compare and contrast the two of those. And I have to mention The Christie Affair, which actually I found out about because a friend accidentally picked that book up, and it's out right now as well, and it's by author by author Nina de Gramont, and it is also about the 11 days when Agatha Christie went miss- missing. And in addition to that, I'm going to mention a movie that I'm just loving, and I also have a very special announcement to make. So with that, I wanted to start with my special announcement. I'm super excited. I have teamed up with independent bookseller uh, Book Warehouse. For those of you in Vancouver um, will know, it's an excellent independent bookstore. It's a community place. There's several locations around town. And it's the kind of store where you get lost in the aisles. And my very favorite thing, which they still do, is they have handwritten recommendations from employees. I like it because it's it's um, a bit of a throwback to before computers and iPhones and that kind of thing. And also it kind of signals that, uh, or it does signal that the employees actually are book lovers themselves. So what we're doing is we're going to be producing a book box. It's going to be called the Red Fern Book Review uh, Spring Book Box. It's going to include a copy of a book that I selected. It's a cozy mystery called Mindful of Murder. And at the end of this episode, I'll talk a bit more about that book. And it's by award-winning Vancouver Island writer, Susan Juby. And there'll be several, oh, and the book will be signed by the author. There's going to be a book review, a tote bag, a notepad, and a bookmark. And that will retail for $32. And there's also an option um, for uh, to buy three seasonal book boxes for $90. So there's a bit of a savings there. And I'll talk a little bit more about how to order the book. There's a You can order now um, through a special link on their website. And there'll be, um, I will put that online and also in the show notes. Now, to get started. Uh, the first thing I want to do is I want to talk about a movie that I am loving. And it's interesting because during this time, I think a lot of things uh, can get missed. And this movie is up for Best Picture of the Year. And I didn't know because I haven't really been going to the movies. I've just started going to the movies like a lot of you. So I wanted to put this on your radar if you don't already know about it. And this 
movie is called CODA, and it's an acronym that stands for Children of Deaf Adults. And it's a charming movie starring Amelia Jones, who's actually a British actress. And you'll find that quite surprising because in this movie, she plays a New England, 17-year-old New England teenager who lives in Gloucester, Massachusetts, which is a fishing town. And so she's pretty typical in a lot of different ways. Uh, She's super annoyed by her family, and she also loves her family dearly, as you can at 17. Um, She's trying to find love. She's kind of trying to figure out what she's doing next with her life. And, but she feels this great weight and responsibility because her family can't hear, and they rely on her to interpret and also help out with their business. They have a, a family that's gone on for many generations. Um, they're fishermen. And so she has to get up early uh, because they need someone who can hear on the boat. And she gets up at the crack of dawn and goes with her family and goes fishing. And then she scoots off to school and often falls asleep in class. But why I love this movie so much, I thought it was super charming. I thought it reminded me of movies from the 1980s and 1990s. Someone, uh, my friend who told me about it, Maria, she said it reminded her of Mystic Pizza. And the setting certainly does. That movie took place in Mystic, Connecticut. But it's the same idea. It's a a slower, smaller um, uh, seaside town. And I just... Yeah, I can't say enough about this movie. So anyway, it's won a bunch of awards. It just won two SAG awards, including one for The Dad, played by Troy Kotzer. He was he won for Best Supporting Actor. It's been nominated for three Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, again for Troy Kotzer, and Best Adapted Screenplay. It's actually based on a French uh, movie. So uh, I would check that out. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to mention uh, about the other part about, there's a lot of things going on in this movie, but um, she gets, she loves music, which is also interesting because her family can't hear the music. And so she wants to share with them and they want to share with her, but there's some, um, they can't fully communicate. And so there is a, um, music teacher that takes a shine to her and privately tutors her uh, and is trying to help her get into the very prestigious Berkeley College of Music in um, Boston. So that's another storyline. So check that out. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the books. So Agatha Christie. All right, so Agatha, um, I think like many young readers, I they I was first introduced to her when I was about nine years old, and I read several of her books and just loved her. And I actually had a cat. We had a calico cat named Agatha Christie, Tyler. That was my maiden name. And uh, I didn't really take care of her very much, so of course she became my mom's cat, but I named her. And I also remember being very young, listening to the soundtrack to Murder on the Orient Express. And that movie came out in the mid, 
uh, early mid seventies and I was around them, but way too young to go see the movie. But I remember the soundtrack and it was beautiful. You could hear the chug of the train, um, as the train was taking off from the station in this movie. And you could hear like there was really creepy music when the murder happened. And I remember being, uh, wanting to be near my parents when, um, the soundtrack played, but I really liked listening to it on my parents' record player. Okay, so uh, with that said, Agatha Christie herself, she is the biggest author of all time. She has sold um, more than 2 billion copies of her books. So that's absolutely incredible. She uh, grew up in Devon, England, in an upper-middle-class family, and she was a voracious reader as a kid, and she said to have loved The Moonstone by Wilkie Collins, which some people call the very first mystery. She also was a big fan of Sherlock Holmes. And another fun fact about her, she was a volunteer nurse during World War I, which is apparently where she picked up a lot of knowledge about um, medicine and different drugs, which she uses uh, uh, in her novels, including uh, The Mysterious Affair at Styles. She wrote 60 novels and 14 short stories, and she wrote from the 1920s through the 1970s. And her books were set among the British upper classes, and they were called Cozy British Mysteries. She focused a lot on plot and dialogue, not so much the description of the landscape around her. And the dialogue is what moved the story along. And so she drops clues into conversations that people are having. And there's just plot twist after plot twist. In fact, I would say in The Mysterious Affair at Styles, there were too many plot twists. And there's absolutely no one other than Hercule Poirot who would probably be able to guess um, the ending. And a fun fact about um, The Mysterious Affair at Styles: this is Hercule Poirot's first appearance. He appeared in 30 of her novels, and the last novel he appeared in was Curt- Curtain, which was published in 1975. And right after that, I think it was 1976, 1975, the New York Times published an obituary on Hercule Poirot. So Hercule Poirot, of course, is the retired detective. Um, he's Belgian, and he has is short in stature, and he seems to know every, everything more than everybody else. Okay, so now um, let's talk about the first book, The Mystery of Mrs. Christie. I remember um, one of the things that it appealed to me about the story. I remember there was a movie with Vanessa Redgrave. Again, I was too young, and it was about the 11 days that Agatha went missing. So that's exactly what this book is about. It is an historical novel trying to piece together um, the facts that the author could find out, and um, it goes into detail about where she went. You might know where she went, and we actually, in the end, don't know all the details about where she went for the 11 days. But, so I'll tell you a little bit more about this book. Okay, so in real life, um, Agatha married the handsome Colonel Christie. Her mother, who she was very close to, did not approve. Uh, It was, I think the mother wanted her to marry 
um, someone of her choosing from their exact social circle. And her sister Madge did that. And so uh, her sister kind of held that over her. But in the book, her sister's actually not that happy herself. So it turns out her mom was right. Uh, The marriage was not a good one. And it ended up being a loveless marriage. And he ended up having an affair. And at the time of his disappearance, her disappearance, this is true, he came to her and said, I want out. I want to marry my lover, Nancy Neely, and you need to give me a divorce. And there was an argument. And then they had planned that weekend. He went off with her, Nancy Neely, and some other friends to presumably another country manor. And then Agatha Christie was supposed to go somewhere else. But what ends up happening in the book and in in real life is her car is found the next day with like the headlights on. There's I think a fur coat in the front seat and her luggage is there and she's missing. So a full on manhunt ensues and where art meets life, um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was actually brought in to help solve this. And apparently he used a psychic um, I don't think that he actually really did anything, but it brought a lot of press. But um, what is this book about? So this book is about that time, but it's really also about women's rights, um, how hard it was for Agatha Christie to be married and have a, she had a daughter, have a daughter and find the time to write. Um, and as a matter of fact, the author, Marie Benedict, that's what she's known for. She is known for um, finding kind of important women in history that might have been overlooked or we don't know everything about, and then creating books around them. So Marie Benedict, that's her pen name. Her name is actually Heather Terrell, and she writes under the name Benedict. And she wrote another book, and that's how she first came on my radar, called The Other Einstein. And I actually am holding it in my hand because I haven't returned it to my friend, um, Andrea. And what this book is about is about Albert Einstein's first wife, Milova, who was actually um, a physicist and a scientist in her own right. And there's some discussion that she heavily influenced her husband and some of the work that he did might actually be hers. So um, that I haven't actually finished this book, but that it's supposed to be quite good. And she's also written another book called The Personal Librarian, which was popular a few years ago. So um, I really recommend this book. I thought I thought it was great. And actually, after reading The Mysterious Affair at Styles, you could see how much she um, employed and used a lot of Agatha's devices. There seems to be, the the manor house looms large. I mean, the great thing about a manor house is there's lots of nooks and crannies for people to hide. And also you can have guests come and go and um, it makes, there could be more suspects or people involved. And I also learned in both of these books, you've got to watch out for the servants because the servants hold a lot of power and they're not always treated well by everybody. And so sometimes they have an ax to grind. And also they're trained 
to uh, not be seen, and so they are very adept at uh, listening at doors and um, finding keys and finding all kinds of things. So um, what else would I say about this book? I really enjoyed it. It made me think a lot about um, what it must have been like for Agatha. Another storyline in this book, um, her mother drove home the point how important it was to pay 100% attention to her husband. And so as a result, she had a nanny for her daughter and also didn't get too close to the daughter. But then in the end, the daughter got a lot closer to her husband and not her. And so I think Agatha was quite quite lonely. So, um, and in real life, she does end up getting divorced from Colonel Christie and does end up having a second marriage. So that, that I will tell you. And of course, she ends up being found because um, otherwise she wouldn't have gone on to write all the books that she did. Okay, so now I'm going to talk about the mysterious affair at Styles. Oh, and I should also mention in the, the mystery of Mrs. Christie, the home that they lived in is called Styles, after um, the name of her first book, The Mysterious Affair, Affair at Styles. So um, Agatha wrote this book. Uh, it was published in 1920, and it is about um, a matron, Emily Inglethorpe, and she's very wealthy, lives in a manor house, of course, near a town called Styles. And she has um, some guests staying with her, and she wakes up, or, or the household wakes up, goes, and I think a servant goes into her room, and it, they find out that she's been poisoned. And it turns out she's been poisoned by strychnine. So it just so happens that one of the guests staying with her is Arthur Hastings. And Arthur Hastings um, runs off to get help from his friend, who happens to be Hercule Poirot, and brings Hercule Poirot, who's a Belgian detective. He's actually retired, and that that's the whole thing. Um, she's known for, she actually, the word cozy mystery, or the, the phrase cozy mystery actually came from Agatha, and uh, Hercule Poirot one of the components is the uh, the person who does the sleuthing is always an amateur. So Hercule is uh, considered an amateur, but of course he's always three steps ahead of everybody else. And in this book, I was actually really surprised. It's her first. Um, there's the kind of sparkling drawing room conversations. He's constantly, every time something major happens, he draws everybody into the drawing room, which we've seen um, now from just about any mystery you you can think of um, to kind of uh, tell people what's going on and look for people's reactions and find out what's going on. Um, and what else? Uh, oh, another thing he says is he, Hercule Perot says, the easiest solution is often the answer. But I would say Oh, and in both these books, interestingly, the husband is the prime suspect. So that's another thing. Um, One thing that I did not like about this book, this book is 100 years old, so there's a number of phrases and beliefs that are just not held today. So you've got to really keep that in mind when you're reading that book. Um, 
but I really enjoyed it. And I, I, the only thing I would say, the, the solution is just impossible. There is no way anyone is going to figure out what's going on. The only person who understands what's going on is Hercule Poirot. He knows way more than the police and, but his deductions are just, you know, like he'll see a, a bottle turned over and he'll be able to tell that it's been there for two weeks and that, you know, um, it was from someone who'd come from two hours away because of, you know, a variety of things. It's just, it's just a little bit, I found the plot a little bit convoluted, but it was certainly a lot of fun. So that was really fun to go back and look at Agatha Christie, who I hadn't thought about in a long time. So with that, oh, and I should just um, mention um, the Christie affair. So the Christie affair, it's funny, um, a friend of mine picked it up by accident because she saw that I posted that I was writing about the mystery of Mrs. Christie, or going to talk about it. And this is for about the exact same story. It ended up being, um, or it is, a Reese Witherspoon book pick. And this one, this author, Nina de Gramont, took uh, a little bit more of creative license. It's an historical romance and a mystery. There's also a murder in it, which does not happen in real life. And so she, and I think she uses, I have not read this book, and I'd be curious if any of you have read the book, let me know. But um, I think she uses these 11 days, which are were quite mysterious as sort of a jumping off point to do a full-blown murder mystery. So that's what I have to say about those two books. And then I wanted to conclude by just giving a little preview about um, Mindful of Murder, which I've chosen for um, Spring Book Box. And it is... um, I'm really excited about this book. I'm going to be interviewing the author Susan Juby later this spring. But uh, I chose it because after all that's going on in the world and all that's going on with COVID, I wanted something fun and distracting. And this is an offbeat, it's considered a cozy mystery, and it's by um, Susan Juby is an award-winning Vancouver Island writer. And the reason also why I picked this is I loved her, one of her last books. She's mostly known, she's a young adult writer, but she's written a couple of um, novels for adults. And she wrote an amazing book called The Woefield Poultry Collective, which I highly recommend if you haven't read it. And it's about um, a New Yorker who returns to Vancouver Island where, um, because they've inherited a farm. It includes kind of a cast of characters, uh, like a wide variety of quirky characters. And I call um, Mindful of Murder, I'm calling it um, the Thursday Murder Club meets Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie's actually mentioned in this book. It's charming and it's hilarious and it takes place on a Vancouver Island um, spiritual retreat. And in true uh, Susan Juby fashion, it is about a Buddhist uh, detective butler. So imagine that, that's quite a mouthful. Helen Thorpe, and she is called back to help. She's about to get a fabulous job. She's just um, graduated from Butler College, and 
but before she takes a job, uh, her former employer dies and she has to go back and settle her affairs. And what she discovers is that, in fact, she thought the employer had died of natural causes, but in fact, she realizes a murder might have taken place. And um, I will leave that for you to um, kind of a preview for things to come. So um, if you're interested in the book box, I will put links in on Instagram and in the show notes where you can get a unique link to um, get the book. And the other thing I wanted to mention is um, that is only for Canadian listeners and if you live in anywhere in Canada. Um, but for American listeners, I'm partnering with bookshop.org and that's an online bookstore and I'm going to be doing affiliate links with them and what's really cool about that I will get a small commission uh, if you buy books through me but also their mandate is to support independent bookstores which I think is great and so 10% of um, their sales go to um, independent bookstores and you can even choose the bookstore that you'd like to support So that's all I have to say today, and uh, thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you soon.